to We Wrongly Assume People Care What We Say, a podcast where I have three guests. We all bring a topic of conversation, and we have all four of those conversations in a row. This week, I have three guests, all improvisers, um, like most of my guests. I have a non-improviser guest, but I, I think I might have one soon. But why don't my guests uh, quickly introduce themselves? Uh, hi, I'm Martin Wilson. I'm Blaine Swin. And I'm Joey Bland. And together we're... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> guys at the table. Uh, Martin, why don't you go ahead and why don't we have your topic first? <sighs> I was afraid you were going to do this, Arnie. All right. Well, it's actually good because then I can just pick the one. The I was worried that I was going to have to like do a change up in the middle of a conversation, but I won't do that. So because you've got multiple. Yeah. Ideas. I can't believe someone asked my Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> yeah. Who? Oh, why are people talking about country rock in the seventies besides me? Um, so my topic is. Uh, what's so great about Facebook? Hmm. And, and the reason that I want to ask this group about this is that, it, well, there's a couple reasons. One is that everybody here remembers time before Facebook, uh-huh. and everyone here is on Facebook, and one of us has only recently joined Facebook. So, am I the recent one? Yeah, I figured I was, even though it's relatively speaking recent. I guess so. I mean, it's been around, what? How how long ago did? Like seven months? Eight seven months. months. Yeah. yeah. Relatively speaking, but, for sure. Uh, right, right. Just, yeah. I mean, in, in you were the, on the like, Facebook beta, man. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't wait. <laughs> I, yeah. I was on the Facebook. Yeah, not yeah. yeah. He snuck into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin yeah. Timberlake played you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what made um, you decide to, after holding off for so long, to find Well, that, that would be my answer to the question. Yeah. My answer to the question would probably be, I don't think anything is that great about it, mm-hmm. per se. But the reason I did get on, A, I never had like a... A real reason not to be on it wasn't yeah. like I had taken some stand, although it seemed like that after a while. And I am one of those guys that like d- hates to be the guy who finally gets something and has to listen to everybody be like, "Finally, it's like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's real pet peeve." Uh-huh. Right? Um, you almost get more attention that way by the end of it, where you yeah. like by not. And I thought eventually I would cave because it did seem like uh, important things might happen on it. But what happened? The the, the real reason, and I'll I'll be I'll do it quick because it's it's not a, a cheery story. Was that I was. I had a friend from high school who passed away, and I, I got an a email or a call from my sister that was like, hey, this, this guy that you knew pretty well in high school and hadn't really known since died, and, and everyone was talking about it, and I just noticed it on Facebook through a friend of a friend of a friend. And uh, I think it would have, it's possible that I would have totally missed it, and it seemed like people were not doing any kind of like email blasts about it. Phone, yeah. There was no phone tree about it. It wasn't like... It wasn't like the old, it wasn't like... Yeah, or like, how would you even be in touch with right. this with people from... In my mind, in, in like the 80s, it would have been like, like, I would have pictured the movie, the TV movie It, you uh-huh. know, and people being like, it's your old friend, guess what happened, you know, like, it's like I had these haunting voices, but I did feel like, oh, this is really important, I guess this is the way people are communicating, and at the same time, my wife and I have been trying to get a babysitter... And I had, we had this one babysitter that I emailed and she's in college Yeah. and she was like, Oh, I just got, I got concerned that you emailed. I didn't know if something really big had happened. I was like, Oh, I guess people aren't emailing. Yeah. Uh, so email has become a phone call. Now. I, I mean, that's the impression I got. I was like, I said uh, to actually some people at work, I was like, well, we'll send out an evite. And this girl who I work with, who's like 23, 24 was like, what? Well, I, I was like, Oh, an evite. Like, she's like, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't do that. I was like, Oh, what do you do? She's like, just Facebook. Yeah. Everything's getting eliminated. People used to go over to people's houses and knock on the door, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody does that unannounced. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's like if you hear somebody knock on your door, that's considered like. 
dangerous. It was, yeah, if you just stopped by my house, even being a friend, it would be like, what is he doing? Yeah, your so wife stopped nice. by my house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What is right. she doing here? She's yeah. sitting outside. We know each other pretty well. It's yeah, like, really well. What's going you on? Were former roommates. Yeah. yeah. Even now seems weird to me that there was a time when there was a phone call. You didn't know who it was. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like a yeah. grab bag. Yeah. But I think that people use Facebook for different things, too. So, like, people, and I also think that a lot of conversations with friends that I've had have all kind of circled back around to Facebook for one reason or another. And yeah. that I'm curious about, like, I think it's kind of, uh, it's something that's, like, on people's minds a lot, I feel. Yeah. And so, like, people use it for for professional purposes only. Oh, yeah, Some people yeah. really, like, live their lives out. And I think that where I feel like even in a short period of time, like, a lot of rules and judgments have, have built up around Facebook. It's, like, it's, it's wide open. Like, you can do whatever you want on Facebook. But now I'm like, ugh, too many posts right. from this person. It's like, what's too many... What, what is too many posts? Like, oh, what like do I care? An unwritten Facebook etiquette? Yeah, just yeah. like etiquette yeah. stuff. And people are always kind of like, oh, yeah, well, he posts. Well, I he posts really that. inappropriate. I have that reaction you know, like, people. I'm yeah. like, why do you care so much? Because it's, I do find that it's super easy to ignore yeah. the vast majority of content. Yeah. It's weird to me that I know how to hide people. Yeah. And it's pretty easy. And I have hidden several people. But yeah, not everyone at this table. Everyone, I, what, everyone hidden at this what table. What does that mean? Hide, hide something. It just means that you their posts won't show up in your stream. Like when you go to check, oh, okay. you won't always see their posts in your stream. Like you can go to their page and see what yeah. they're, they're saying. But they're not going to show up in the, the regular yeah. news. You don't news have to be feed. rude and defriend or not friend them. And also you can spy on them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's the best of all possible. That's great. Definitely people that I know seeing their status updates or their posts or whatever will actively make me either angry or uncomfortable. And yet for whatever reason, like I almost weirdly get addicted to that feeling where I'm like, yeah. uh, it's like, oh, this random person from high school, every political thing they put up makes me see, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to hide them. And I'm just building yeah. up to that day when I like comment. Yeah. Your selective eye then seeks that person out yeah. every time you get on. Right. Of like, cause it's also going to be a thick post. You're like, Oh, juicy. Yeah. So much vile. Yeah. Like, so much venom. <laughs> yeah. Right, next. Yeah. Then there's what, people what kind of negative feedback yeah. can I give to this person? Constant self-promotion gets old. I've, so I'm actually worried that I'm starting to fall into that a little bit just because like, I kind of want to promote stuff. And say like with a podcast, I have a new one every week. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the way to promote stuff. Like It's mm-hmm. the way to find a babysitter probably or like if you need something done. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. like the easiest thing to do is to put something on Facebook. I needed a magician, and I just posted on Facebook. And I, I got, don't like, invite people responses. to stuff, though. Me like, either. maybe once. No. Like, if I start a fan page for something, I'll invite some people to that once. And that's another thing. Like, that's really easy to ignore. Yeah. It's really yeah, easy yeah. to I ignore, ignore invites. I ignore all invites, but yet I'm really irritated when I get them. Why? I just ignore too. them. I don't care. I, I also am pretty prone in a bad way to ignoring evites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to be invited to anything. <laughs> I, do, I just love to participate. I yeah. never respond to evites, but I will like check in a couple, like once a week, and be like, "How's this party uh, stacking up?" Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Who's yeah, gonna yeah. be there? Ooh, there I am. So still that haven't responded. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be the first evite responder, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then what I found out is that you can see who's seen. You can well, if you set up an evite, uh-huh. you can see who's checked and like yeah. when they've checked. So I used to do that. Th- yeah. The same thing. It was like I'm just gonna look and see. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna hold off. 
But then if you're the host, you can be yeah. like, oh, Arnie looked at this and then yeah. cl- blatantly didn't respond. Like, there's no excuse. You know, they know exactly what you've done. It's like getting married, like those little etiquette things that, you know, you send out invitations. Like I was always really bad about get- sending back invitations to weddings until the last minute. And then and didn't think anything of it. And then it was my turn. I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Come, Come on. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. gave you a card and an envelope. It's true. <laughs> Um, here I can think of one thing that's good about it. I so mean, I. I can think of a couple, but one thing that happened today, I was on the train and um, bumped into uh, somebody that I I probably see, uh, I don't know, a handful of times a year, five or six times mm-hmm. a year. I see this, run into this person and uh, ran into her on the train and was able to like ask her about things that are going on in her life mm-hmm. based on yeah. things that appeared in my mm-hmm. Facebook stream, yeah. you know. And so that was pretty cool yeah. to be yeah. able to be like, hey, how's you know this going? How's that going? Right. Um, just because I was up to date a little bit. You don't have to fake your way to anything about like, what's going on with you? And there's no like shadiness in the fact that you do know because if someone puts yeah, it out right, there, it's, it's totally yeah. public. I mean, it's in it's almost unavoidably in my stream. A lot of you know a lot of yeah. things you just log on and you quickly know like one thing about five different people uh-huh. all at once. You know, really. Quick. And there, I mean, it is wonderful to be the sort of like, you know, I have lots of far flung friends. Right. Yeah. I mean, even just acquaintances that I sort of have affection for, but it's like, I'm probably never going to talk to this person again. Right. I'm not going to knock on their door. But it's nice every once in a while to be like, oh, that random person from college just had a baby. Yeah, that's a total luxury to like be able to get back in touch with high school friends that Mm. you would never be in touch with. And it, and every, I feel like in my experience, anyone who pops up from my high school class, we're instantly, everyone instantly friends. There's no like judgment of like, mm. oh, I wasn't friends with you. It's like, yeah, we shared that. We shared that time. That's great. That is interesting to come back and be like, oh, I'm going to, oh, this person friended me from high school. Oh, that's weird. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not somebody who I was in my like social circle that I ran with. But I guess, well, 10, 10 years have gone by. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's cool that they're friending me, you know? Yeah. I don't know. My high school 15, 15 year reunion is being planned on Facebook right now. Yeah. There's some pretty great, and by great I mean disastrous, like threads <laughs> in, on, on the like on the, on the page. Uh-huh. Like people being like, "Who is the worst teacher at the school?" And it's just like stuff you can't take back. And the chance of like certain teachers ever seeing <laughs> yeah. this is super slim. But it's like it's out there. It's out there now, and it might end up on your permanent record. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally right. You got <laughs> so it. You're really out of, mm-hmm. you're out of their clutches at That's this point. Right, I mean, yeah. you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, right, right, That's right. what it is. It's like, but I think that is what it is. It's like, it, there, there are feelings getting hurt. Is pre- mm-hmm. is, and I think on some level I care about that. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, on, on, on a level. <laughs> this is probably a negative thing about Facebook, <clears throat> but I'll admit that I that is something that I like about it. It allows you to have very disconnected connections to people. Mm-hmm. Or just kind of be almost spectate on on sort of far flung friends. Like yeah. the vast majority of my Facebook friends are people that are people that I knew a long time ago, and they sent me a friend request, and it was like, oh, that's so great. Yes, I'll be your friend. And then there was no con- there no conversation follows that. There's yeah. there's no kind of reconnecting. It's not really about reconnecting with people. <laughs> no, yeah. it's just about like I passive guess. monitoring. Yeah, yeah. right. Or, or just just in case we know that we know how to get in touch with each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. But at the same time, it's great and everyone's obsessed with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think when you sit down and talk about Facebook, everyone's like, meh, this, yeah. uh, this is kind of annoying. I don't know what this right. is. It's like, I love Facebook at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah oh, sure, yeah. sure. 
I had a similar experience as when I, when I went to college as a freshman was the first time I had an email account was mm. my freshman year of college. And it was like the William and Mary EDU account. And I was, it was also my first time I really had leisure time with the internet. We didn't really have it at home. And I remember being like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I have all these friends just going off to different colleges. I can get on, I can go to that college website. There's a directory. I can find this guy that, in my mind, when I was a kid, it was, you know, it was a year before. Uh-huh. It's like, six months ago, I was in a math class with this guy. Now, if I go on the uh, University of Virginia website, look him on the directory, he has an email address too. And then I find yeah. it. Hey, buddy, I'm in a computer lab. What's up? You know, it's like, it was some kind of like moment of discovery of like, wow, we were really more connected than we were. And that seemed, God, I mean, that seemed like a huge deal to me at yeah. the time. I feel like I'm always that person, like, I always spend a very brief period of time being like, there's no way I'm ever doing that. Like, I remember everything that I've embraced, like, half a year before being like, cell phone, there's no way I'm ever getting <laughs> yeah. one of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. MySpace, there's no way I'm yeah. doing that. I never did that. I'm so <laughs> happy with that. Yeah. I'm never doing that. I'm so happy with my Friendster account. Yeah, my worst fear is that I'm like a couple months away from getting like a Bluetooth headset and constantly <laughs> having it in my ear because I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that. That's but. how I am with like a Kindle. It's like, no way. I love books. But then you just think about the list of things that you've also said that about. It's like, well, yeah. it's inevitable. I'll have to get that yeah. eventually. I do remember how I first got hooked into doing social media. I think it was, might have been Friendster actually. Uh Um, And just wanting to check it out, but you kind of had to sign up to do it. And so I was like, okay, I'll sign up to do this thing. And then you just have this zero sitting there. Like you have zero. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, thanks. I was like, well, I I can't have zero. friends. (laughs) Yeah. And then you just start <laughs> checking. To I gotta work this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? I'll get a reasonable amount. I'll get like, I gotta get 20 friends. That's mm-hmm. fair. I'll get 20 friends. And then. Just to check it out. I, just, I still just gotta check this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Once like I get drug. 20, I can check it out and then I'll just get off it. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I've, <laughs> I've got more friends than I need. I've gotta just start deleting. I mean, you maintain a pretty healthy Friendster profile to this Yeah, point. Friendster, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all over it. Yeah. Has, is anybody on Google Plus no. yet? I'm, I'm not on it. I am. I am on Google Plus, but again, it's like I, well, I'm just going to check this out. Now I'm just turned into someone that checks. The, I, I I don't know. I've sort of gotten into techie things. Also, at work, we do a lot of social social sure. media stuff. So I'm like I would never be on Twitter except for I started doing it for work and okay. right. yeah, um, kind of have to figure it out. Google Plus is interesting. I feel like it's it's almost just like the next challenge. You're like, okay, I'll sign up for this, like, fill-in-the-blank whatever mm-hmm. website, and I'll figure out how this works. And, like, some you get interested in and some you don't. Like, yeah. Twitter, you kind of get interested in some. You're just like, meh. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should we move on to our next topic of conversation? So. Blaine, what is your topic? Let's. Uh, I had two that I was debating between. The One was, what, it, what does it mean when we, uh, uh, what does it mean when we say somebody is being real? And is that a quality <laughs> to aspire to? Uh-huh. And then the other one was uh, I want I, I thought maybe we could talk about the plots of various Ducktales episodes that we remember. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have little to add to the second one. <laughs> All right, well, we can talk about the first. Yeah, I don't know. I vaguely remember Ducktales. I remember playing the video game. I remember loving. I remember loving, loving Ducktales passionately. See, but I don't remember. I remember the theme any song. plot point. This is why I wanted to talk about it because I remember loving. <laughs> like, yes, we can talk about number one. But also, <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, just like Koine Greek and the differences in translations or yes. Ducktales. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I loved Ducktales passionately too. It, but in and 
yesterday or two days ago, I was trying to, for some reason, I thought about it and was trying to remember the episodes, and I, I could only uh, remember like two vague plot points, and that was it. Yeah. And I was and surprised. And I remember it was really touted as... As a really plot based, like, <laughs> it's the narrative. Yeah. It's, it, it was really, yeah. 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 It was like lost before lost. Yeah. No, like the overarching no narrative. Joke. That's actually one thing that I thought about was because one of the points that I could remember was they were in a boat. They were near like ancient Troy or something, and uh, they, they back went in back and yeah, they saw like. Uh, a giant statue that I think they were going between like two cliffs with giant statues uh, that were just like eroded feet. And they somehow really? they ended up that in like the world's yeah. end and then they ended up back in time and you see both statues are like complete, <laughs> you know? And they're back they like meet uh, Homer hmm. or something like that. Or Circe. Like it's it's that's but that's that's all I mean, this is already pretty specific. So you but remember like the lost lot. straight up ripped all <laughs> yeah. that. DuckTales, yeah. that's, that's yeah. my point. The last episode of DuckTales, you find out that they've all been dead. For <laughs> yep. Really mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Yep. There was that episode <laughs> was of DuckTales. Duck Duck dream. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the only thing I remember is, is Scrooge McDuck swimming in his... Yeah. I think I remember... But that was even... Yeah, that's in the opening yeah, credits. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember the song yeah. only because I feel like I've heard it recently, like DuckTales. Woo! Yeah. The danger walks behind you. There's a stranger out to find you. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another one. They were looking for the Fountain of Youth, and and they they I don't really like they ran into Ponce de Leon or something. Yeah, it's funny the because I have a two and a half year old son, mm-hmm. as uh, as you guys know. But the um, like from the way you're describing it now, and I don't remember it well because I didn't watch much of it. But it sounds like a pretty literate kids show. Yeah, like. Kids are involved, don't know all the references that are being dropped. But you know what is a show that if you uh, if you ever have the opportunity to watch it, watch it for a minute and be like, wow, this is a kid show? Uh, and not because of like adult situations, but because of the content, like the literacy of it. Uh, the show Arthur. Remember those books? Mm-hmm. Arthur, yeah, yeah. the Aardvark or whatever. Uh, is he an Aardvark? I thought he was a like a mouse. I don't think he's a mouse. I think, yeah, I think he's an Aardvark yeah, or something like that. And he's got like, you know, mm. all, that show is super highbrow. Huh. And... As for kids and also like it's I mean, on PBS, right? It's on PBS Kids, yeah. So check it out. That's my that's my toss it. <laughs> but I wonder, like, is Duck <laughs> was Ducktales really highbrow or was it just kind of like, well, you know what? If we do a bunch of time travel yeah. episodes, yeah. or or if they're an Indiana Jones of that, they're like. It'll be real easy, easy for us to generate episodes. We'll just go through a, like a world great yeah. works book, or we'll yeah. go through like a Seven Wonders of the World. That's seven episodes right there. Yeah. Seven Wonders of the World. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what like appeals to parents though? I mean, like if you're gonna watch Arthur and like they're gonna throw in something highbrow or like yeah. Sesame Street's really great at obviously and like Ducktales. Be like, but it's oh, okay, not like a Homer own. joke. That's for the parents. But it's not like that. It's right. not like the, the like uh, the like wink that you get in Pixar movies or that you get in uh, in Sesame Street. Even. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not it's not pun based like that kind of thing either. That's like oh, that's a clever name that kids don't get. It's more the reason it's not like Poly, super appealing, like parents. Polly Darton. Yes, my favorite Sesame Street character. Yeah. Polly yeah. Dart? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Enormous puppet boobs. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally <laughs> enormous puppet boobs. That's totally yeah. true. And a big, like, Martin sexual wig. awakening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does this mean? Yeah. Well, actually, the guy Smiley, actually. Yours was. But, um, <laughs> but the... Uh, that was a... That's a giant smile. The Arthur one... When I said highbrow, it shouldn't have been highbrow. It's, it's really didn't. didactic about it. It's really uh, like a school pageant. It's like... Uh. 
Uh, it's, they have a lot of scenes that take place at their school. And yeah. their teacher is always teaching them stuff that I feel like, at the age I feel like those characters are, yeah. is probably above them. Where it's like, hmm. today we're going to learn, hey kids, we're going to learn about Muhammad. You know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> or, which I don't think is an episode. But it's like, yeah. it's always, I think it's like, uh, let's learn about Isaac Newton. Hey, let's kids, learn about... Those um, towers aren't coming back up. <laughs> so we're going to learn about Muhammad. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the number guys, one reference to Muhammad. It's really yeah. dark. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's dark. I mean, it even mentions the the most evil man in history, Muhammad. <laughs> but uh, now we're all we're doomed to yeah. change the names of the beginning. But no, it's, like, it's just like that kind of thing. It's like... Uh, Teddy Roosevelt began the national park system. And then it's like, every student has to do a national park thing. Uh, like, we did ours on Craters of the Moon. And you learn a lot about Craters of the Moon <laughs> National Park or something, uh, you know? Like, wow, is Arthur, from my memory, like, I haven't seen the show, but I remember reading those books. Is a lot of it kind of about, like, neurotically being worried about school? A little yeah, bit. Arthur's, like, yeah. high strung, right? Yeah. yeah, he is, yeah. He wears a backpack a lot. Yeah, for school, man. I'm just trying to picture this thing. He gets his uh, he gets his books to to and from school in his backpack he carries. Uh, that's sort of his like superpower. But he's, 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 the the drawing of Arthur. It's like a it's mm-hmm. semi human. Yeah, I mean he, he's, he's got glasses. He, he walks upright. Yes, and, and, yes like, everyone walks upright. It's a very photorealistic art. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's like, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he has a backpack. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a real art They put they, they, they put peanut butter in its mouth and they just dumb the like moving. It's super disturbing because Arbrecht's got small mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my next show pitch. Yeah, that seems like a weird lesson. It's just like. It's good that it's about school is important. Obviously, that's the whole deal with Arthur. But it's also kind of like, oh, school is terrifying and hard. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That is the feel of it. Mm. And the kids are always struggling with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess it's good that kids have somewhere to deal with that anxiety. The teacher they have is one of the main characters in the show. And he's a super interesting, like, kind of... He's like a professor. Uh-huh. It's like it's as if, like, some college professor was teaching your elementary school. Uh-huh. He's, uh, with everything that might entail. Like, there's kind of, like... <laughs> He's a little like, uh, he's a little gay, you know. Yeah, he's like, he's got always got a scarf on, and he's uh, just like, well, kids. Here's another great. I mean, it's, there's no sexuality to it, but it's like he's really he's he's like a character, like a like a learned. Uh, does he wear like a tweed jacket? Yeah, it's that kind of feel yeah. to it. Yeah. As an as a parent now, do you find yourself really honing in on the adults in the kid shows? No, like boy, this professor is. Seems to lead a really interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. Why won't Huey, yeah. Dewey, and Louie really listen to Scrooge? Yeah. <laughs> Tell him what to do. Yeah. I love the man in the yellow hat. Uh, yeah. What's his story? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's an origin. The origin story of the man in the yellow hat is told in the Curious George movie, uh, starring Will Ferrell as the as the man in the yellow hat, whose name is apparently Ted. Is that canonical though? I don't know. Is that movie because H. A. Ray is dead? Anyway. So everything's up for grabs. <laughs> yeah. So Blaine, was DuckTales your favorite show? Like, why was DuckTales on your mind lately? I don't know why I thought of it recently. I'm trying to remember now. What shows did you watch as a kid? Was DuckTales up there? Yeah, that was probably the number one. That uh-huh. was like, hurry home. Yeah. You have an opportunity. Because it came on like at 3 or 3.30. Uh, it, was yeah, like it was like right after school. Was, yeah. So I would hurry. All the way into like, all the way into 
to high school. Like, I remember, like, being glad football season was over. Because <laughs> I could hurry up oh, and man. watch DuckTales. And that probably gives you an idea of I remember what cutting I was like on the football field. Would you tell the other players on your team, it's like, good season, guys. But you know what? I know it's yeah. bittersweet. I'm really excited about DuckTales. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, 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 it wouldn't, Tyler's place, it wouldn't, me, it wouldn't come up, it wouldn't come up on the field. It wouldn't, yeah. uh, uh-huh. it was kind of a secret right. I kept to myself as I walked home. But you know that everybody, everybody was into DuckTales. Oh, it was a real, <laughs> real yeah, it was widely popular. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that was like a nerdy <clears throat> show. Yeah, it was part of the Disney afternoon. It was the best part of the Disney afternoon. What was what else was the I know because there was that period where they were trying to like let's put a modern spin on these characters. Yeah, like Ducktales is the most successful. Well, one. Duckwing Duck had its own. It did so that was later that, on. I really Tailspin. Like, oh, Tailspin. The rescue was Rangers, that the Duckwing Duck show called Tailspin or was no? That was the Jungle Book show. That was the one. Tailspin was the Jungle Book. Those are different shows. I really like Duckwing Duck. Yeah, Tailspin was kind of weird. It was almost like Casablanca of Jungle Book. Yeah, a lot of Nazis. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. So DuckTales was Scrooge, that's Huey, right, Louie, and Dewey. Yep, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. What were the characters they invented was for the show? G- Gizmo Duck ended up being on there. Remember, he was a si- the like Aflac a- Duck. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a scientist who invented like a suit. He was, you know, he was really sort of a weak and meek kind of guy, and then he invented this suit that turned him into like a RoboCop duck. Oh, and yeah. and then there was Launchpad McQuack who flew the plane. There were the the Beagle Boys, who always broke yeah, out of prison and tried to steal yeah. Scrooge's money. Were there any like, female characters on the show? Did Daisy Duck didn't make an appearance. Was Donald Duck never on it? Donald, I don't think, was on it. Because yeah. it wasn't Donald, like, He's mysteriously absent, which is <laughs> yeah. why he would do and Louie were living with Scrooge. Yeah. The only it's thing- sort of like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of, uh, <laughs> of the duck, Donald Duck yeah, world. He's not showing up. All I can remember about Donald <laughs> Duck, it, it's not even from an episode of of uh, DuckTales it's it's like one of the old Disney shorts he Donald Duck like goes up into the boys treehouse and discovers that they've got cigars a box of cigars <laughs> oh, oh yeah and he he throws a tantrum and makes them all smoke all of the cigars oh, yeah. until yeah. they're green and yeah. sick I can remember to try to teach them a lesson and then they get to the bottom of the box and it says uh, like happy birthday Uncle Donald at the bottom oh, of the box. I do remember that. <laughs> he feels bad for making them smoke all the cigars that they bought for him as a gift. Oh. I feel like I remember seeing that on, we had the Disney Channel when I was a kid, and they showed it on Mousterpiece Theater, which was uh, a George Plimpton hosted show. Where <laughs> show. Of course. It was, yeah, it was George Plimpton. Actually, George Plimpton. It was actually George Plimpton, <laughs> and he would sit in a leather chair in this fancy uh, it was shown later in the night on uh, sure. the Disney Channel mm-hmm. and he would introduce classic uh, Disney cartoons and That's talk great. a little bit about them after would be like oh goofy mm-hmm. <laughs> back when George Plimpton was really hard up for work he <laughs> <You> must have been <laughs> 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 straight up hey, George somebody just called me I've got this great new opportunity I'll take it I'll, I'll take it I need it do it uh, oh. his guest spot on The Simpsons is a really funny one with the uh, it's like when Lisa is in a in the national spelling bee, and he's the host of it, and he tries to get her to throw it because the the kid, the other like the the like kid who is also really good has like a cute lisp or a stutter or something, and they're like, "This is the face a spelling bee needs." Like, let him win because he's good, and it's like that's the whole crisis of it. But he's got some great lines in it. It's like quiz show. That's right, right? Like the yeah, the plot of quiz show. Yeah. So really, the Simpsons. 
Yeah, quiz show ripped off the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Lost ripped off the DuckTales. Quiz yeah. show ripped off the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on, when we were talking about the Beagle Boys, that sort of reminded me. As a kid, I always found it super frustrating that the cartoons that I loved always had the exact same villain every episode. Like with Inspector Gadget, it was always Dr. Claw. Right. With, uh, I don't know if anyone watched Danger Mouse, which was a sure. weird British show it was always yeah. the same villain who was that villain it was like a toad or something yeah hmm. i can remember danger mouse's uh psychic pinfold yeah and he had that the like pinfold. the boss with the big woolly mustache yeah and every once in a while they did they eventually made a spin-off series that was count quackula or that's something right like that. yeah Duckula. Count Duckula. Count Duckula. Wow. I've never heard of any of these things. Yeah, it was one of those Nickelodeon shows that was by... That was where I learned... I, that's how I learned the, the, the River Thames. Yeah. Because it was like the Thames yeah. company. And it would like... And I remember being like... I remember calling it Thames. Yeah. And my dad being like, no, it's Thames. Uh-huh. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Nickelodeon played a lot of weird shows from other countries. They also, a lot of stuff that came through Canada. Yeah, they also Canada. did uh, Bell and Sebastian. Yep. Which is that show about a boy and the giant... Mm-hmm. White dog climbing yep. a mountain trying to find his mother or father. Yeah. That's why oh. I guess where the band got that name. Well, that, that oh, show was an old like uh, it was an old like book series, oh, like an old oh. French book series or something. I'm not blessed to have cable as a child. I kind of hated Nickelodeon as a kid, but I would watch it all the time. Oh, I loved it. We had there was a there was a sweet. I hated year. Pinwheel. We had Pinwheel was tough. Watched Hey Dude. Yep. And whatever came on, I think you can't do that on television or something mm-hmm. like that. Like is that the one where you yeah. get slimed? Yep. There was like a year that I just remember being like. This is good. It this was. is everything that I wanted. And then it was like, nope, no more cable. Yeah. It was like, oh. Yeah. It was so good while it lasted. Yeah. Oh. Gotta the, say goodbye to Hey Dude. Hey Dude is about as bad as it gets. And, but at the I time, it was, it was every, high candy. It was easy to watch. Yeah. But if you, man, if you watch an episode of Hey Dude right now, I bet you would not I'd last a minute and a half. Yeah. I think I was just like, I've never, I've only ever seen it since I was whatever. Yeah. Christine Taylor was on that. I think it must have been just pre Hey Dude. Like, I stopped watching Nickelodeon before Hey Dude, and then with my younger sister, I watched, like, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. So there's right. a gap My in younger the sisters is what I, I watched. They were they loved Hey Dude. Yeah. And, so, and uh, Clarissa explains, explains it all. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty hip, actually. Uh, all right, let's move on. I'll do my topic of conversation. Great. Save me for last, man. <laughs> yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's a I had a closer. <laughs> uh, I had a couple that I was toying with doing. One of them is, uh, what is the definition of saying someone is real? <laughs> I would love to do that. But what's your other one? <laughs> so we'll either do that or we do need to circle um, back around. Just a sort of class this is sort of just a classic icebreaker conversation like porn name. Terrible Horrible jobs. Horrible jobs you've had, or just weird jobs or job stories growing yeah. up. My worst job, I'll say right off the bat, was uh, was a temp job that I did for like two or three months. Don't say the name of the company. You never uh, know who's going to be listening to this. I'm not even sure I can remember the name of the company. Uh, it was like a startup in a loft in a loft down like near near north by the river, and it was three salesmen, like all like sh- three Shelley Levine from Glenn Gray, Glenn Ross, Jack Lemon salesmen, um, and this young guy who started the company. And their whole, I mean, it was an easy enough. Their their thing was. We go into any manufacturing company and teach them how to streamline, you know, how, 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 can, how they can make widgets faster, better, cheaper, how they can make more money. But um, and we could, that, those guys were not in the office, the guys who did that work. I was in the office with the three salesmen who sold getting meetings 
they were guys that came in every day and were like, I was down at uh, VIPs last night. <laughs> oh, she likes me. Like guys who were like sucking my strippers. And, and, and at one point, and I was originally from another time. It was like another time, but, but real hip because it was in this, like, in this loft. Like an, the guy, the guy lived there who uh, ran it because he was from out of town. And he was, was was it one of the three guys who ran it? Mm-mm, no, it was um, one of the guys that was out. Yeah, he was always out floating around doing like the real work. But at one point, they made they told me like, we need your help. You're going to be the you're the cold caller. You call the company, and you uh you try to set up a call by one of the salesmen. Then they'll call, and then their job is to set up a meeting with the salesman and with one of the real dudes. But I was the worst person to have as a cold caller because I had no investment in it. I hated it. Right. And then, but the worst, but the, what was really bad at the end of the day was being trained by us, like crusty salesmen, A, B, and C, on how to do this. So it was stuff like I would call, ask for people, blah blah blah, hang up, and he'd be like, "Here's what you got to do. You got to learn. You got to ask that receptionist's name right off the bat. Learn her first name. Write it down. When you call the second time, as soon as she answers the phone." And and it's it's Joey Bland at this place. And how are you? How how's everything going? She doesn't know who you are, but she'll you know. It was real. It was like being taught. It's like being taught how to date rape or something. It was real like get in there and don't don't mention the guy's last name. Be like, hey, is Alvin in? Because we would have a, some, you know, we'd have the leads that they uh. bought that would be companies that make like tool and die companies uh. and the name of the CEO. So I would call it. And so a couple of times it was, it was like, hi, Tiffany, it's Joey Bland over at XYZ. It's Dave in. Who is this? Joey Bland at XYZ. I'm trying to track down Dave again. Who is, what are you guys calling for? And I was just like. Uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm like, no, you got to play it smooth. <laughs> a little bit deeper. You know, it was the worst. Uh, like, I never. Yeah. It's one of those things that is hard to do. And also, I feel like time, either times have changed or maybe those things never really, really work that well. I don't know. Yeah. Did you ever have success with it? Did you ever, like, get a hold booked, of Dave? I booked one meeting. Yep. I booked Damn. one meeting and it was due to no skill. Um, but this is in a short period of time. I'm sure I would have gotten better at it if I had sold my soul. Um, I booked one meeting and I was like, hey, to one of the guys. I was like, you know, dude, I got you a meeting. You have a meeting on Monday morning in uh, Deerfield at like 830. It's like 830 in Deerfield. That's way out there. What are you doing? Buddy? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I felt like how quickly it turned from desperation to uh-huh. just like. Totally yeah. nitpick. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is like I could never do sales. Yeah. We're we're going under. We got to get these meetings. Oh, so in such an inconvenient meeting, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think I'm at like six. Like I don't know if you really want to succeed, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was the only temp job that I had. I moved to Chicago. I went like three. I basically had budgeted for three months rent, and so I paid my three months rent. And at that, at the end of that, I was like. So it was like immediately registered for a temp firm and went on one temp assignment that lasted two weeks before I got a full-time gig. But the job was, I don't even care. The job was at Newark Electronics. Are you out there, Newark Electronics? <laughs> Advanced Profit Technologies. <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. But Newark Electronics was, and it's actually not far from where yeah, we are right now. Close to it. Yeah. And it was when I lived when I first lived here down in like Lincoln Park, on like at Fullerton and the Lake, up here at Lawrence was just like the far side of the world. Right. I was like, how am I gonna get there? Like, 
what is this place? So I went up to Lawrence to Newark Electronics and literally it was like a parody of the worst temp guy imaginable where they were like, okay, what we need you to do are like look up these SKU numbers and like enter these SKU numbers into this computer. And it was like, like a, uh, uh, MS DOS style, uh, like blue screen. So it wasn't even like a real computer; it was just like an entering machine, basically. Yeah. And I, <laughs> this is our entering. Machine. <laughs> <laughs> you got a greaser first. <laughs> entering machine. <laughs> I don't know where it goes. <laughs> just keep entering this. <laughs> Trying to get all the numbers in it. <laughs> It can hold so many numbers. We don't know how many. We've never topped it off. Yeah. Oh, you want to put four? Oh, we got no fours in there. <laughs> but I was really disappointed. Really disappointed because it, it, I mean, it obviously was a computer. Yeah. But it functioned only as an entering machine, right. so there were no like programs you couldn't like get on the internet yeah. or whatever. And I literally would would like just like stare at the skew numbers and would just like look out the window and just be like, "What am I doing?" And then I would like slowly put in one. And enter it and then like go get a drink of water, like sit back down, stare at it some more. I did so little work and was so miserable. It was just like all these sad people yeah. that, was, that were also temps who we were all just like sitting there and everyone was so unhappy. I was just like, this is terrible. Yeah. I hate this. I'm thinking like, I, I can't do this. So I quit after two weeks and then got a got an actual job. Which was in Hyde Park, right? See, yeah, like, I don't know how many of them were. like, oh, God almighty. Yeah. From the Frank Band of the Fire. But it's just like the, the, the two weeks of like most acute despair I can ever remember. It's like sitting there and like looking at the people next to me. Right. And they're all just like, There's click, no click, escape. click, entering into the entering machine. Just like looking to the right, entering machine. It's like, oh no. This can't be my life. Uh, do, you ever, do you ever think Maybe you didn't really give it a chance. Like after like week three, it would yeah, have been back. like incredible. I do think back and be like, what a like dick move. Like I took I took their money yeah. and I accomplished no work for them. I mean, they would have been better off literally having no one do uh, what I was doing rather than paying. They're still me to sit there. They're fine. I guess so. They got a better sign now. Do they? I think. I think you could probably go work there like. Saturdays and evenings, if you want to make I it up. I probably could. It's pretty so, close now. That'd be that thing to do. I would go when I, at, at, and at lunch, I would take like a really long lunch and would go into the Sears that's right next door on Lawrence, which is the most depressing uh, Sears in the city of Chicago. Well, and I would just yeah. like, I didn't, cause I didn't have anything to do, and I would just like walk around, just like look at the same stuff in Sears. And it was, li- it was just like such a period of despair. <laughs> The only thing worse than just walking around and looking at stuff at Sears is the third or fourth time you're looking at the same stuff at Sears. Yeah, we should change out these displays more you're often. You're marking the khakis to see if that still here. Uh, uh, it's like prison scratches on the wall. Oh, yeah. Day 17. Clapping Sears. <laughs> the worst... I've had a lot of weird jobs, and so, like especially like growing up. It was sort of like, if I hated a job, like the only good thing is like, well, at least I can have a different weird job. Right? Yeah. But definitely the worst job I ever had the most demoralizing was working in a microchip factory in the desert in Arizona. It was a night shift, 12 hours on, oh, 12 hours off, like three days on, three days off. 12 hours on. Yeah. And you had, had to wear a whole, sort of like a whole, it's called a bunny suit, like a full body thing, like with gloves, two layers of gloves, two layers of boots, face mask, goggles. Um, I remember when I was training for like it. the guys who come for ET at the end of the... Yeah, exactly. How old were you? 
This was, I was uh, mid-twenties. Okay. Yeah, it was just a weird uh, side trip I took in my life, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. And I remember training for the job, and during the training, they were like, just some things to be aware of. They're like warning about the chemicals and stuff. They're like, oh, this one chemical, if it gets on you, it's one of those chemicals that just like will never stop. <laughs> they're like, it just keeps eating. It will just kind of burn through. And I get to some floor. <laughs> so try not to get that one. That one's pretty bad. It's yeah. like, but also, but but more than that, there's this one, which it won't hurt that much, but it will if you get it on you, it will alter your DNA. <laughs> Do not have kids. Yeah. Oh my god. And I was like, this is the only job I can get out here in this dead desert town. Crazy. Um and yeah, just long nights in the desert, like breathing into my face. You can't really talk to anybody or even know who you're working with for the yeah, most part. You can just see everyone's eyes. And I'd have like I'd be in the break room and I'd be like, I don't know if these people eating food are the people that I work right next to because yeah. I only see their eyes. Uh, my two favorite conversations I had there was one guy came up and they're like, hey, you got to meet this guy. His name's Red. I'm like, why is he called Red? He goes, because of his hair. I was like, I couldn't tell. It's like they're getting a hot fuzz. Yeah. And then I was talking to this other guy who's very nice. Actually, the people there were all very nice. This one guy was like, oh, from Chicago, huh? I was like, yeah. It's like, oh, cold there. I don't know if I could, I if I could do that. Every day, getting up. Getting all bundled up for the cold. Come on! Look at you! Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And this is someone that had worked in this place for like thirty years, right? He's uh, he's got his DNA is gone. Like, he's got like a tail, and he's like, oh, God, that's hell. That's hell right there. And it was a terrifying. Like, I'd have to put these microchips into like an oven and like calculate oh. things and never really knew what I was doing but all I knew that is if I like if I dropped the tray of these things they would I don't know what it would really be worth for like if you drop a tray of these things it's like a million dollars that you've lost the company wow such a pressure job I know but yeah. at the same time I was just some dude yeah like I didn't there's no reason yeah. yeah and everyone there everyone there was either underqualified or had been there for 30 years yeah it's really weird to think about like all of the various like human beings involved in like the making of an iPhone. Right. We're yeah. like, it's, it's so transparent to us at this point, but like, Oh yeah. Think about like the dudes, like in whatever factory that like actually built that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's a lot of crazy, weird, like gross. Yeah. Environmentally obscene, like work that goes into making this stuff. The sad, I worked there for like one summer and then I got like a teaching job in town. And my last day, like, my boss decided to give me a going-away party, mm. which was just, we all got a slightly longer break in the break room, and he brought ice cream, and everyone signed a card for me, and but I didn't know, I literally didn't mm-hmm. know anybody. Like, they were the sweetest people, but I was like, I don't know almost any of you. The card was so sad, they're just like, oh, so proud of you for going and teaching, you're so brave, and it's just like, this is an amazing opportunity for you, and I was just like... It's better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's the lottery, guys. And I highly recommend it. Yeah, and just everyone's sort of sadly eating their ice cream. Oh, oh it was yeah. brutal. It was very brutal. Oh. Yeah. I, well, speaking of, um, wow, my mind just blanked. You, you said something that reminded me of a bad job that I had. 
Well, I'll tell you what the job was, and then I'll try to think uh. of what the transition was later. <laughs> I'll save the segue for later. Had you said you you had killed a guy? Because that was a hitman. <laughs> no coming from that, but different. Oh no! You know what it was? You said is like at the same time I was just some guy. You know how did I get this high pressure job? Is like you know uh. there, it was like a low screening process for this. Yeah. I I when I was in college, uh, um, a buddy of mine said hey i'm gonna go uh and he had done a couple of events like this like movie film premieres and stuff Uh like that i was went to college in la and uh, a buddy of mine a a hallmate said hey i'm gonna go down to the uh golden globe awards and uh, be a security guard you Uh you know what are you doing and i was like well nothing that that sounds awesome Uh he goes well (laughs) do you have a black suit and i said yeah so i put on this black suit and we went down to the golden globe Awards. how much time are we talking about was this this wasn't literally him being like this was like day up this moment i'm heading out this was day up yeah this is as i remember it it was day up I mean, maybe I've romanticized. There's the <laughs> no background checker, you know. There's no background. But literally, checker. no. So I mean, at, for all intents and purposes, it could have been day of because we just drove down yeah. there. I didn't call them in advance or anything, uh-huh. and we went into the security guard room, um, which was basically like a hotel conference room, blocked off for uh-huh. the security guards. And uh, he said he went and signed in, and then said, "And this is my buddy uh, Blaine. Uh, he wants to work too. Is that okay?" And they go, "Oh yeah, sure, sure." Uh, and uh, he's going they, to assassinate Jeremy Irons, <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was it, you know. Oh, sure, sure. So, <laughs> and then they they assigned they assigned me a post, you know, and um, and my job was just to stand there and keep people behind the the ropes, you know, as uh-huh. people walked by. That was that. But the 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 it was it was a very it was an interesting job. The just the bummer was. You had to stand in one place for so long. You get a yeah. Like, were you in oh, communication with anybody? I didn't get anything. I, didn't get anything. <laughs> I just had my little black suit, and that was it. So the only authority I could exude was just pure confidence. Yeah. Other than that, I had no badge uh, or something to prove I had any authority or whatever. That's crazy. Did you see, so, the, like, celebrities walk behind you? Did you see? Yeah, yeah. There were quite, I mean, this was when, this was like 1997. I think I was, uh, like, 19 years old or something like that. Maybe eighteen, and uh, uh, this was when Titanic won all those awards. Uh. So the really interesting experience. There were all of these. I've, I saw these uh, levels of uh, audience reaction to different levels uh. of fame. Oh yeah. So this was when like so ninety seven was when like Dharma and Greg had just had a first couple of successful uh. seasons, you know. Yeah. And Jenna Elfman walked by before she like had was really becoming known to people as Jenna Elfman yeah. and the crowd started to like whisper to each other like look there's Dharma Dharma and then people would call at her like hey Dharma hey uh, Dharma and then try to get her attention that she way she still must get that I bet now people are like Jenna Elfman yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so that was one and then the uh, another one was in like when Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet walked by uh, yeah just like deafening screams yeah. just like girls Pulling their eyes out and <laughs> just screaming at the top of their lungs. I mean, you were probably screaming too. Like you were just starstruck. That's how I got fired from that job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lost yeah. all. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so cool. <It's> like, <laughs> you woke up in a break room. Dude, we took you off the line. <laughs> you can't handle it. You gotta let me back out there. You gotta let me back out there. Blaster. <laughs> 
So, so then there was that, and then the the third level of fame was uh, Madonna walked by, and she had like an entourage around her. Uh, so she was in the middle of a cluster, and the crowd was just silent and like trying to <laughs> trying to catch a glimpse. Of, uh-huh. The only thing people were doing, it uh, seemed to me, were just like leaning around each other to see if they could see inside. Uh, the group that she was walking uh-huh. in because they knew she was there. Respectful silence is the highest level of fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> just <right>. like. <laughs> yes. Madonna. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was really interesting, you know, because then Madonna mm-hmm. walked by and a part of me expected everybody to like scream like even louder. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then there was it, like, I guess once you reach a, the height of yeah. screaming, the the next place to go is silence. Yeah, it's know? like a bell curve of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm curious, like what happens? So all they all go by and then you're just there. Like what happens after all the celebrities go by? You're just out on the red carpet and then. Oh, yeah. So once that happens and they're all inside and they're all doing the Golden Globe thing, uh, I'm just I'm standing there. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm taking bathroom breaks just to go, not even go to the bathroom, just to like uh, put the lid down and and sit down for a little while oh. so that nobody knows that I'm like not standing. Uh-huh. You know? so, <laughs> like, that guy drank a lot of pot. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just go in there and just like put the full lid down to just sit and like put my my <laughs> head on my hand and be like my feet are killing me. Give it what I thought was uh-huh. an appropriate amount of time, probably like you know whatever it was. 20 minutes and then and then go back out and, and stand there for a little while longer until you know I was supposed to be waiting until the end when I everybody see. comes out again you know and it is a long show yeah yeah this isn't really necessarily long. a job but I will I had sort of a similar like security guard with sans authority experience like sort of as a volunteer for a place where I used to work of like a big event where you just sort of like basically get assigned to things like you're going to be at this door, you're going to be at that door, you're going to be at this door, and you just mm-hmm. go and stand there. And again, like you have no badge, you have no sign, you have no nothing. You're just standing there, and you're. And my job specifically was to like, uh, like shepherd the the like little Irish step dancers, step dancer girls that were going to mm-hmm. perform, like backstage, and keep like the moms of the Irish step dancer girls out unless they had a ticket. And it quickly became clear that, like, sons, any kind of authority other than just being like, no, I, no, I, I'm sorry, you can't go back. No, I'm sorry. It, I was just, like, completely overrun. It was, like, yeah. a, an, an utter failure yeah. of a security guard. It was like, okay, girls, yeah, you're just going to go right there and then follow that sign, and then you're going to get hooked up with her. I'm sorry, man, you can't. Oh, oh, yeah. Just, like, right. stampeded. Yeah. Like, completely uh, no, re- no respect for any kind of, like, I'm sorry. We, I just have to see your ticket. It's like that's my daughter in there. I'm going in there to see her perform. It's right. like, well, I'm. You know, I, I wish I could do something, uh, but you know, maybe you could talk to my, you know, this other guy who maybe could get you a ticket or something and a discount. She's like, this is my daughter. You're right. Excuse you're me. Right. Get out. And you're just like, okay. Wow. And it's like completely shut down. I love we're seeing do? the opposite ends of the spectrum of. Uh, Security abilities. <laughs> and you being like, man, those mothers <laughs> of beauty pageant girls. I couldn't handle it. They walked off. But if you're Lane Swin working the Golden Globes, you're like deterrent. 
It was one. It was pretty. You're you're nothing. <laughs> you're not protecting Madonna from anything. Yeah. Madonna's got like oh, snipers. Yeah. Oh yeah. That entourage all no. have grenades. Yeah. I'm like the illusion of deterrent. Yeah. This is why yeah. the Golden Globes could it could happen. They've got so they probably yeah. had so much security going on aside from me. They yeah. they just needed like the face of security right. for you know yeah, to yeah. to to distract from the snipers. Like just right. say. yeah yeah yeah. The I had like a terrible. Like maybe the most pointless job I ever had. My dad's a basketball coach, and when I was probably like eleven or twelve, maybe I was thirteen, there was a door into the gymnasium that was the closest to getting to the area where the college students would sit to watch the basketball games. The games were free for college students, but they decided one year that they didn't want the college students going through that door. They wanted them going through the front. So my job as this thirteen-year-old kid <laughs> was just to stand at this door. And as college students came in for free to, to walk right to where they're going to sit, I have to go, oh, you can't come in this door. You have to go in this other door. And they'd be like, no, but I'm a student. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you're just not supposed to, you're just not supposed to go in this door. And they're like, but it's right there. And if it's literally right there and it's, there's no one's paying. It doesn't matter. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I was just told to stand here. And then if someone pushed enough, they're like, I am going in. I'd be like, well, then you go in. That's the password. Yeah, and then the next person, I was just like, you're not supposed to. They're like, I saw that right. guy. Well, all right. Well, I guess you're yeah. going right. you, That's exactly right. Once yeah. you get defeated once, yeah. it's just like the floodgates mm-hmm. are open. You're like, well, I've just completely yeah. undermined my reason for existence, and I'm doomed. Like, yeah. all right, everyone walks in. That's the worst about like terrible like the jobs that ask you. It's hard enough to like give your time, but sometimes the hardest thing to give is your investment mm-hmm. in something that in you something. have no investment. Yeah, in. right. And even something that is to some extent kind of pointless. Yeah, totally. I suppose if I had like an amazing work ethic, I'd just be like, you know what? This is stupid, but they are paying me. They're right, paying me right. a small amount of money, but this is the thing they're paying me for. That's so how I, I should be yeah, passionate. That's about how I felt. Like, Nobody, feel you're not getting through here. <laughs> I'm 13. <laughs> uh, Joey, what's your topic of conversation? My topic of conversation then is, uh, is it a good thing to be considered real? Uh, <laughs> anyway. And what does that um, mean? No. Uh, is it a good... Or. No. Yeah. Or. Um, no. My topic was this. A lot and, of people on this... Facebook have been calling me real. Yeah. So my question is, what? what's so great about Facebook? <laughs> 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 No, uh, my 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 topic is this: is considering we're we're all four uh, guys, and I and this is not something that has to do with like it's not part of my life. Really, like I'm not I've never been a sports guy at mm. all, like not an athlete, and not someone who really followed sports much. But growing up, I feel like I was always even if you're me, and I know some of you guys you guys are more more athletically minded and 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 had a more athletic childhood than I did. It's 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 somehow important. So my question is this: is just it's real basic and simple. Um, and fun, I think. And it's this. It's when you were a kid, it's kind of a two-parter. When you were a kid, what was like, what was the professional sports moment that you witnessed that uh, you thought was like really awesome, uh, really radical, and also <laughs> totally, and also, uh, assuming that you had multiple ones, what was your like when you were, when you were younger, what was your like main sports profession, like fantasy? Of yeah. you being a professional sports athlete, like what was you, what was the situation? What was the sport? What were you, what were you doing? I so, like a moment memories of the Super Bowl, 
There were two Super Bowls that I can remember that involved the Washington Redskins because I grew up in D.C. Yeah. So the 87 Super Bowl when I was seven. Right. So, you know, so I have like... I remember that. I have Doug some, Williams. Yeah, Doug Williams. I have memories of that. <laughs> and then the 92 Super Bowl with Mark Rippon. Yeah. So I have much, much like more powerful memories of, of number two. But like the, that Super Bowl in 87 that Doug Williams threw... <clears throat> A bomb to Ricky Williams, not Ricky Williams, Ricky Sanders, yeah. who's one of the posse, the three wide receivers, the Redskins. So mm-hmm. this is, I mean, yeah, it was all about like the Redskins. It was all, uh-huh. I, I was just totally obsessed with them and like just watching Ricky Williams running down, you know, those uh, on the sidelines, those little, little white hash marks, sure. not like the yard lines, but just like the little one yep. yard markers. He was running completely on the white and I was just like. I was so fascinated that he was able to run so fast uh-huh. and never like and only on this much white and not touch like the out of bounds yeah. and just run and directly over his helmet just caught this ball completely in stride for a touchdown and I remember my mom and, and like so already I was just in awe of this it was like the greatest thing ever my like grandma was there. We had like all these people in our house. We were eating in front of the TV, which was like <laughs> totally never allowed. We had like chips and snacks and like cool like shitty food that we were never allowed to have. So it was such an amazing experience. And then like to see this play, I was just like, "This is the greatest thing to run!" <laughs> and my mom yells, "He like he catches it and it's like I don't know." 10 yards, 20 yards to the end zone, yeah. and in that span of time, she's like, "Run, run!" Run, you son of a bitch! Run! <laughs> and it was like, oh, I'm like, hearing it all. Like, like, Whack-a-mole! That is swearing. Oh, it's so bad. But yeah. it was like, such, uh-huh. everyone was so jubilant. <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Ricky Sanders, Mark Williams to Ricky Sanders, 1987. Doug Williams. Because my one specific moment. My one specific moment is, I can't even, I don't even know what year it was. It was mm-hmm. one of the years, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and we didn't have any, like, real teams that we would, would yeah. support. We were, we, were, we were kind of in a Redskins market, and we were, we were in a Redskins market, and we were also sort of in a Baltimore Orioles market. But for some reason, we got WGN from Chicago, mm-hmm. as a lot of people did. Baltimore Orioles, really? That's a stretch for Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, but where are you, you going to No, go? I know. I, I mean, know. the only go to or, Atlanta. Or we go to Atlanta because we did have the AAA team. So we did yeah, get yeah, Atlanta yeah. stuff because we had the Richmond Braves. Yeah. But, I mean, distance-wise, there's nobody. It's not like, you should have gone with the Fredericksburg. You know? <laughs> the Frederick Keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, um, but we got WGN. And I remember kind of tuning in to watch Bulls games right as the Bulls, like, hit the, 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 the sweet spot. And my, and my moment was that, that year, I remember just being like, this is amazing. It was whatever <laughs> game it was in the playoffs um, when Jordan hit like six three pointers or whatever and there's that shot they still use in like in like highlight reels because the whole thing was like he kept he couldn't miss he was such a so in the zone and they had this shot of him running down the down the court and looking over at like Phil Jackson and just shrugging his shoulders like it's out of it's beyond me I don't know I don't know why I can't miss I'm a vessel and I just want to be like I want that moment in my life at some point to just be able to be like I don't know how where this is coming from but I'm this good you know <laughs> yeah it's like a remarkably like Cocky, humble moment though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like it's it's not me. I'm just I'm just his tool. You know. Like, <laughs> have you feel like you've had anything that comes close to that in performing? In per- no, 
<laughs> no, sometimes, really like when no. I first moved out here and would see shows, like you would do a good scene and then walk off and just like shrug at me. <laughs> no, that was me, like, being like, I can't follow this. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm really lost. <laughs> I can't remember what yeah. character. I think it was the second beat of something. And I don't know the character I was supposed to be. I hope you, the audience, made it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think I, we probably all felt at certain points, like being in the zone, that like sure. whole sports thing. But nothing like that where I was like, oh my God, like, he's so amped. <laughs> and then the other time was like when he had the flu and he still scored like you know over 50 points or 60 yeah. or something crazy I was like this is amazing and in my mind because I would watch him by myself pretty much no one else in my family was really digging it my sisters would occasionally like tune like would be like what's his name I'd be like that's BJ Armstrong you know or whatever <laughs> and they'd be like he's my favorite player you know there's these little girls with giant glasses on my sisters and then uh, but I was this is me and so I, I kind of felt like this is my thing like not realizing that like Michael Jordan is humongous, <laughs> and like, and, a, and, and there's a whole market. Yeah. Like Chicago, he's the king of it. Right. But in my mind, it's like, keep him getting this feed. These amazing games. <laughs> these underground. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, this guy's going places. <laughs> <laughs> should do a commercial or two. It was like, I just thought that was the coolest thing. I never like, really. I mean, I grew up. I played a lot of sports as a kid, just because my parents wanted to keep me busy. I wasn't yeah. particularly good at any of them. I never. It's funny. My dad's a basketball coach, so I watched a lot of basketball games growing up. And your dad's a college basketball coach. College yeah. basketball coach. And he's won a national championship. Right? He did, but that wasn't until just a couple of years right, ago. I remember. I, and that was kind of mind blowing. Like that yeah, was very that satisfying. What's it was like a last second. Uh, the University of Finley. It's a small. Yeah. Is it D two? Yeah. I bumped into you got you in the airport. You oh, just come back from that. I yeah. was on some gig. And the, this has happened to me twice in my life where it's been like this, this idea of like, oh, what are you guys up to? We just came back up. Arnie's dad was coaching a basketball team in a national championship game. Oh, my, how'd that go? They won the championship. It was like, whoa. Because just recently yeah. I had a friend who ran a marathon out in the birds of Chicago. And we were like, hey, man, how'd the marathon go? He's like, it went great. I won. Yeah, it was nice. But yeah, I think as a kid, and I feel like I've talked about this before, uh, maybe on the podcast, but I, I think watching my dad's team lose was mm. kind of tough as a kid. And Heavy. so okay. I kind of disconnected from caring that much about sports. Like uh-huh. the, the joy of mm. winning was n- not enough to counteract kind of the lows of losing, even though his entire career he had winning seasons. Super successful. Yeah, yeah. Very, very successful. But the funny thing about sports is, un, like, it always kind of ends in defeat every yeah. season, unless you're the one team right. yeah. that wins well, a championship. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about it. Yeah. 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 You know, it's always like, we can do it, we can do it. It's over because we lost. Yeah. Oh, man. Right. And it, it was too personal in the weekend, yeah. yeah. so... I mean, we're nailing this. We've all these winning seasons. We're so good. We're the Buffalo Bills. You know, (laughs) (laughs) what a bunch of dorks. And then it was funny. It's also funny to see my dad. You know, I also see like how stressful life of a coach is. Uh You know, and how it sort of takes its toll, especially as I got older. But it was also funny to see, even when you win the championship, like that was like the happiest I think I've ever seen him. Not worrying about the next game, the next game. Mm -hmm. But it was only a couple weeks later that he was already like. Oh boy, next season. Yeah. People are really going to be expecting a lot. <laughs> yeah. We're supposed to be the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's impossible. Because uh-huh. it was not only not only win the championship, it was a perfect season. They had a perfect season. Wow. They whoa. had like one game more than you're supposed to have in a season. So they like it was like a extra perfect. Yeah, extra, extra perfect. Like yeah. a uh, record breaking. Yeah, it was pretty. I don't remember who I watched that game with. I think it might have been 
my wife. Uh-huh. But we were just like, and and you know she has no like virtually no stake in anything. Like I mean, yeah, knowing you, but not. And we were just like screaming at the yeah. TV. We were like apoplectic. It was so close. It was very close. It, it, at the beginning, it looked like they were going to win for a while. They're doing really well. Just so you started to get a taste of it, like you're like, oh, you know what? We this can is do a this. romp. We're, we're, we got this in the bag. And then the second half really went in the toilet. And then it literally won on like a last second hail mary three buzzer beat. Come on, yeah. Wow. And I have a. I don't. This is the stupid. Like I remember it being crazy. And somehow, this is, says something probably horrible about me. In this pure, amazing moment, I turn around and took a picture of my, my mom and my <laughs> sister. It's like, this is amazing! I should take a picture right now. Uh, <laughs> That's not a good thing to do. But I'm glad I have it, because yeah, there's yeah. this picture of my mom and my sister, and it looks like they're having this religious experience. Yeah. It's just like, all these people <laughs> screaming, my mom is like crying, and her hands are like <laughs> reaching out to something far away. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. That's yeah. great. What a good instinct to take that photo. Yeah. 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 That's hey, great. That's, yeah, that's... But it's... I, I don't even remember thinking about it. I was just literally like, click. You've just wow. been a, a blogger for too I was long. blogging a lot <laughs> of that. that yeah, point. must archive this. Yeah. My uh, sports moment uh, was the 1988 World Series. Game one of the 1988 World Series where the Dodgers were playing the A's. That was That's my number two. Oh, really? It's a great the, pass. The Kirk uh, Gibson home run, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was at Disney World. My dad was a huge LA Dodgers fan. I was at Disney World when we saw it in the, in the motel. And I don't remember seeing it live, but I did have the videotape of it. And I like <laughs> wore out the videotape watching it over and over and That's over That's an again. amazing moment. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it was incredible. So, Tommy Lasorda just like waddling out. Yeah, and just, yeah. Pumping his fist and barely being able to walk. I was in, I actually, my dad, had, the game had been running late because this was the bottom of the ninth inning that that happened. And the game had been running late, so my, my dad had, I was 10 years old, and it was a school night, so I, I had been sent to bed. But my dad, you know, being a, a baseball dad, uh, consented to turn the radio on in my uh, room. So I was laying in the top bunk in the, in the dark, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listening. Score. Yeah. It was, Vin Scully was announcing the game. I'm telling you what, you can get your pennants out and put them on your bed. <laughs> I feel like this is the first couple minutes of a Spielberg movie about you. Like, yeah. kid, oh. like the music comes up, you're in your bed listening. It was incredible. And then, but instead of seeing the home run, there was a crash outside. And I went to investigate. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was my best friend, the alien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, there. Um, so I'm laying in my bed in the dark. Vince Scully's announcing, and uh, you know the, the whole drama of like they're down by one. Dennis Eckersley's pitching; he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, there's a runner on on second base, and then he wasn't even supposed to play. He was too injured to play. Uh-huh. You know, his hamstrings are, are I yeah. think is what it was. Kurt Gibson comes waddling out, and he's like hobbling, like Vince Scully's announcing that he's like limping to the <laughs> to, to the uh, batter's box, and the crowd's going nuts. And I, I read later that like Tommy Lasorda had um, uh, had Kurt Gibson wait for the longest time in the the hallway leading from the locker room uh-huh. to the to the dugout because he didn't want the A's to realize that he was going to come up to bat, right? You know, they didn't yeah. want, he didn't want them to switch to another handed pitcher. Yeah. Uh, huh. So 
It was a real savvy warlike move. Yeah. So then they, yeah. they unleash Gibson, and Gibson comes out there. He's limping, you know, right? And you can't change pitchers when a guy comes limping to the plate. It just looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. Unless you put him like a, a like a, a lame pitcher. Jim Abbott. Uh, and it was just a <laughs> right handed. Yeah. The, the, but you, I mean, you would never replace Dennis Sexton. I mean, that's like. Right. It's the, the best yeah, right. versus the best. Yeah, you're right. like, if you can't you can't beat my best. And it was so exciting. It was to hear what was going on, and then then uh, you hear about. You know, I was listening as Scully's announcing that like Gibson is taking these like Casey Jones monster swings <laughs> and like nearly falling out of the batter's box when he's doing it. It's causing uh-huh. storms. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just connects on one. I forgot what they drove the count. Did he, I mean, he might have driven the count to like three and two. Like it was uh-huh. like the ultimate baseball moment. Right. And then he connects and sends it into the right field stands. And as soon as that happened, the door to my room flung open. My dad was like, you should come see this on replay. I need my boy in my arms right now. I never told you this. Blame. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love Kurt Gibson. <laughs> that was a good, that was just. Because you, you, awesome. you were like a Dodgers family. Right? Yeah, so we grew up in Bakersfield, which wasn't far from. Uh, L.A. and that's yeah. where I went to the you know that's when I saw my first professional games was wow. those Dodger games so that was a big deal that was exciting I used to listen to games on the radio going to sleep at night I would listen to Orioles games, games John Miller and Joe Angel on WBAL and that was like the most soothing thing in the world to me yeah it was just I, like this is this is awesome and I remember probably number two like number two moment would be the day that Memorial Stadium closed the Orioles first. Mm. Stadium in Baltimore, and they were going to go to Camden Yards the next season. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, it was like 91 maybe, so it's probably like 11. Just the just time to be like, too passionate. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I've got, I've got to I've got to record this. Like, it's important. <laughs> and so I got like a cassette and recorded the radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at the end, and they're like bringing out all the, you know, Mike Flanagan comes out and gets the final out. And it's just like the super dramatic moment, and then like all the old players come out and they're like, wait, you know, they they go to their old positions and they're like waving to the crowd or whatever. I'm 11 years old, like sobbing, <laughs> recording this on on cassette, and I'm writing down like, and I still have the cassette, but it's like, winning pitcher Bob Malacky, mm-hmm. final out. Mike Flanagan attendance, just like all the stats that I thought were really important. <laughs> no one else like, is recording wow. this in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna mail this like, to your organization. This story must be told. <laughs> <laughs> People need to know what happened on the final day of Memorial Stadium. <laughs> it's an ESPN movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I've got to record this all. Was it recorded directly from the radio onto the tape, or was it like a, a recorder held up to something? Because I would love the idea oh. of you could all hear yourself crying. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's all you get is just like. <laughs> Drowning out the, the broadcast in the background. Then you hear your mother like, Martin, what's going on? Mom, I'm watching this. Nothing. <laughs> it's an important day. We all remember where we were. Now I really want to go back and listen to that tape to see if it's sort of And you still have it. I have it at home, yeah. I just saw it when I was like cleaning out my room or something a couple years ago. That's awesome. Wow. But the Orioles were the Orioles were big, obviously. Growing up in DC, did any of you play sports growing up, or have any aspirations to play? 
know and know. Except like, the second part of my question was like, did you have that like fantasy in your mind uh-huh. of like, oh yeah, a total for me it was total fantasy. I had no, yeah. I wasn't like, hey, man, my dream is to be in the big leagues. You're a pretty I good b-ball nothing. player. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty sub sub mediocre. Yeah, but I schooled you. Uh, yeah, so. I got schooled <laughs> by Joey Blanton. What your cousin one time? <laughs> yeah, it was like ten years ago. <laughs> I was always good form wise for basketball, like a good shot and stuff, but I just was never aggressive enough to like go to any sport. So the worst, <clears throat> actually, my almost vivid playing basketball memory is the one time I did something great in a game. Like, wasn't even great. Like, I shot a basket and I, I got it. Like, I got close. Like, the fact, despite the fact that I was good at shooting a basket, I was never in an opportunity to actually do it. Yeah. Uh, I was always the kid that was like just having fun on the bench, like telling jokes. I was like, "Oh, boy, this is fun." I really hope I don't get put into this kid. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be horrible. <laughs> but I remember making a basket and getting way too much applause. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god!" It's like I am, suddenly I'm radio. It's like, <laughs> I don't deserve it. This is really just underlying how terrible of a player I am. Right. I scored one goal in like seven youth seasons of soccer, which I didn't even do past fifth grade. But at some point I scored one goal and it was amazing to me. Like I remember I was on the Impalas. We were playing the Bears. (laughs) The goalie was Jason Sitterson. (laughs) It was in school with me. I was like, I scored a goal. And it was my first experience with that. Like I couldn't stop smiling and I was like trying to play it cool. I was like, ah, that finally happened. I was a nightmare at soccer. Nightmare at everything. Wow. My you guys were both baseball school. players. Yeah, right. baseball. Mm-hmm. But I played soccer a little bit. My first attempt at a goal. And football, too. And football, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get back for DuckTales. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but in football, I, I wasn't very... Uh, 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 that's where my acting career kind of started in that I was so I was, I was very small when I played football. And, uh, um, so, and I didn't like to get hit and I, I didn't really like to hit people so I don't know why <laughs> yeah. did you play through high school football through high school I just played the first couple of years yeah. until I found acting and then I then I just started doing that I started becoming yeah. part of drama club and stuff <laughs> but when I was in high school or when I was playing football uh, there was another small guy on the team too and we would in hitting drills we would uh, calculate it so that we were always lined up with each other and we had this private agreement between each other we had worked this out that if I was carrying the ball and he was supposed to hit me. I would take it real easy, let him just like plow into me, and we would act like it was the most aggressive hit in the world, and we would just like yell and <laughs> growl. And then yeah. he would, in exchange, he would do the same thing for me. Uh, so he would kind of, you know, not run at me hard when it was time for me to hit uh, him. I'd tackle him, we'd growl and snarl and, and, and yell. The coaches got so fired up when we would tackle each other. They'd be like, look at these guys yeah. right here. This is heart. You, know? you guys are on two new starters. Blaine, middle linebacker, no. other kid, running back. No, no, no. Let's do this, you guys. We're riding you guys all the way to the championship game. You're, you're going to have to practice a little up. longer every night. You're probably not going to get home at three. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The only thing I liked about basketball was taking a charge, which is also kind of like, like just the, the sort of thinking like, I'm terrible, but maybe I can yeah. use my passiveness to my advantage. <laughs> a bit of a masochist now. acting ability. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I remember having these crazy fantasies in like 88 and 92. Or I, was really, I thought those Olympic games, I, had, I was really attentive to those Olympic games, that Seoul and Barcelona. 
uh, especially in 92, and they had the whole Dan and Dave like, thing with Reebok. Um, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, the decathlon, eh? <laughs> and then I would have these fantasies all day. Like, I would watch, the, I'd watch events, and I'd be, like, imagining myself being, like, an Olympic swimmer, which, I mean, it was pure fantasy. And the other one was, like, was this story of me being, like, this decathlete that not only won the decathlon, not only won every event in the decathlon, but, like, broke the world record in every event. It was just, like, this superhuman who was, like, pole vaulting 30 feet in the air. It's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a javelin out of the stadium. It's <laughs> like Hercules. But, man, the Olympics would get me really fired up. And then I think 96, when it was in Atlanta, I was like, I don't care about this at all. So I bombed I'm- it. Uh, I'm but never no. going to throw the javelin as well as yeah. I want to. No, I have no. I have not spent any time on this. <laughs> I guess I had like Cal Ripken fantasies. Definitely. I mean, I did too. Yeah, Cal Ripken was my like. He was the guy that signed my glove. So, like, yeah. Of yeah. course, I never got near the infield. Or did you play outfield? Yeah, and I caught. Do you still have a signed glove by mm-hmm. Cal Ripken? It's not. It's like. It's the addition of the myth. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's the, oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Like, he branded in your glove. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it was like a desperate hunt to find that glove. It's like, I will only have a cat. He doesn't have it, but he audio recorded himself describing it. <laughs> 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 crying. <laughs> he's lazy. He's lazy on his eye. He dotted the eye. It kind of smudged a little bit. <laughs> I was always that kid in the outfield. This was like an, as a kid kid, not like an junior high or high school like they had a mitt on his head in the outfield <laughs> yeah, mitt yeah. on my head spinning around in circles yeah. <laughs> right field kid yeah. picking dandelions yeah. <laughs> it is funny how you remember like the one good thing that you ever did mm-hmm. like I was a terrible hitter I mean like cripplingly bad like I couldn't play basically because I was such a bad hitter but the one time I ever I, I like such a a vivid memory of <clears throat> recognizing a curveball as it's being thrown <laughs> Mm-hmm. The, like the one and only time I think I ever was like, like just everything slows down. You're like, oh shit, that's a curveball, and just like all of a sudden you just like realize exactly where it's going, just like stroking it right down the left field line, and it was just like you, you know you don't even feel it when you hit it right on the barrel. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's that's an extra base hit, and it was just like I was lucky to like bunt for a hit because I was kind of fast, so I'd like bunt or like swinging bunt or just do some like bullshit thing to like yeah. try and like trick my way on base basically into it. but it was just this I, and i could it's like total sense memory it's like mm-hmm, it's a it's a curveball stroking it and not feeling it and running it almost certainly the only extra base hit i ever had in my three-year hmm. high school career but it's like i could i remember like it was yesterday mm-hmm. and of course then i just failed like 99 times out of 100 but it's the one like yeah. Perfect double down the line. Yeah. I remember old right. Slugger Wilson. Yeah, I just shrugged one double. Second base. <laughs> yeah, I'm unconscious right now. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, before we uh, uh, come to a close, we'll go around and quickly say, uh, uh, out of a scale of a hundred, what percentage would you say how real you you <laughs> say you are? The you yeah, are each of us. Oh, whatever that means to you. Oh, how real? Would, yeah, I would say I'm up there. Yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm 85% real. real. 85% yeah, real. I would go there. Man, see, I don't even know what that means. Well, that's the thing. I feel like there are two mean. Well, I, the, 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 here's the hilarious thing about your thing is that I feel like that was actually a pretty compelling topic of conversation. Yeah, yeah. But it was somehow funny that we started talking so about DuckTales. And it's like, and it's never funny if back. we keep talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of talk, and, and our whole conversation about the plot lines of DuckTales was no one remembers any of them. <laughs> really? Yeah, we were just talking about our poor memories the whole yeah. time. Yeah. 
For me, real, I feel like there's what people refer to as real. I feel like it sounds kind of douchey to, to right. say. But also, actually, but really being real is, like, very good. It's like real good being thing. grounded and being uh, authentic yeah. and not putting up too much pretense in your life even with the idea knowing that, like, all of us put up, wear some masks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, people, like, you know, often the word real is is coupled with, like, He's real. He's down to earth. Right. And so yeah. I'm trying to think what those two things mean. The reason I thought about it originally was because I ran into somebody uh, I, as I was walking on Loyola's campus. I ran into somebody I hadn't seen in a long time. And uh, I was in a sort of grumpy mood because I had been working and uh, and was stuck when I was working and I was tired. And so I was dragging my feet over to the library and uh, ran into this person I hadn't seen in a long time and was like, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, shower them with my grumpy mood. So, like, right. put a smile on my face, yeah. said hi, you know, asked to talk to, uh, with them about what they were up to and what I was up to and stuff like that. And then left and then was like, well, I guess that wasn't real. I was feeling grumpy. So I wasn't right. being who I actually, uh-huh. I wasn't showing what I actually felt at the moment. Well, but, you know, who wants to... Right. Who wants to being talk to me? Yeah, totally being 100% happy. real is probably not a good thing. I think there's a place for that. Almost dangerous. I do feel like there's certain, there's certain aspects of our, uh, of, God, I don't even know how to phrase it. This doesn't sound stupid. Uh, like of culture today where politeness is a, is a bad word where it's like, stop being polite. And it's really it's hard. Start getting getting real. And it is that. It's, it's totally that because I feel like the real world is the first place I heard this, and then it caught on. It's on all reality shows, and I feel like it even bled into the culture um, of people. I would watch people on, on Real World to be like, I disagree with that 100%, but they all agree with it. And it was the, it was the thing of like, look, here's the thing about Blaine. I hate that guy. But he comes in, he tells me what he's thinking. If he hates me, he tells me. If I'm, if I'm pissing him off, he tells it to my face. I totally respect that. I love it. Uh-huh. And I was like, ooh, I would never be. I've never. <laughs> if someone hates me, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about how bad that person's uh, day is. I don't. I, like, yeah, yeah. I think there's a place for like politeness, even though it's potentially like a total lie, right? You know? Or, or a, yeah, a, yeah. A your conver- if your conversation on Loyola's campus had been for a reality show, it would have been terrible. But as like oh, a yeah, real low human inter- very boring. <laughs> as a yes. real human interaction, it was probably like the nice and cool thing yeah. to do. Yeah. I'll say I'm eighty five as well. I just think it's funny. Right. <laughs> Every, yeah. Everyone is exactly I'm glad Martin put a number on it and said, like, Alright, yeah, I'll stick with that. Yeah. I'll give myself um thirty. Give him, how about I just say I'm like medium real. Medium real. <laughs> yeah, medium real. I'll have that steak medium real, please. <laughs> yeah. uh, guys, anything to plug? Shows you want people to see? Things you have you want people to go uh, see online or anything? The three of us all perform together at the Improvised Shakespeare Company. That's right. ImprovisedShakespeare.com. Yeah. Improv Shakes Co. on the Twitter. Yeah, that's and, uh, right. That's how you can find us on Twitter. Forget that. We will plug the shows, but that's where you get <laughs> yeah. on the old internet. On the there. old Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter and on Facebook. Twitter and and on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Improvised Shakespeare on Facebook. Search Search for it and be our, be our friend. Be <laughs> we don't need friend. any more audience members, but we could really use yeah. some more followers on yeah, Twitter and Facebook. Our audiences are fine, but it just, it's just awesome to get uh, stuff on. Yeah. No one's going to get a ticket. We're sold out. Yeah, totally 17. Uh, it's a genuinely awesome show. It's funny. I remember first hearing about it. I was like, oh, no, that seems like a bad so idea. I. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that is not. I do not want to see that show. Huge I, I think not. that's a common first, uh, first impression uh People get when they hear about the show. It's a we're, I think we're a tough uh, first sell when nobody knows anything when they yeah. know nothing about it. And then I think most of our audience now is people who have been 
uh, dragged there by yeah. friends who have seen it, yeah. and then now they bring friends back. So well, it's, it's great because it's very like easily. It's a good show to market because it's like you know you understand basically what it is, but I'm sure there's a good amount of stigma of being like people are going to think of like bad. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, bad show, yeah, hokey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I think people think it's going to be hokey or it's going to be too uh, highbrow and pretentious, and they think all of these things that it's not. Yeah, yeah. I think people who are really digging Shakespeare are like, well, that's going to be stupid. I'd rather, why would I just go see Shakespeare? Because those guys are going to be idiots. Yeah. And then it's like people who are like, oh, I never liked Shakespeare much, so I won't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah. lose everybody. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. I think it's hard. But then, yeah, I saw it at like a showcase or something. I was like, holy shit, this is great. And yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. That's why Facebook's important. I mean, it'll be, it'll help <laughs> to you really get educate first, your first impression, then you got to come in. Yeah. Right. It's also the worst job I've ever had. <laughs> uh, as always I would love it if people uh, went to iTunes and subscribed to the podcast We Wrongly Assume people care what we think you can really just search We Wrongly Assume podcast or We Wrongly Assume um, also just search Arnie Neekamp or if you search Arnie Neekamp you'll find my various weird internet projects <laughs> um, or my Facebook page you can friend me you know I'm not going to talk to you on Facebook but I'll be glad to friend you passive monitoring yeah um, I would love some reviews and some stars. Uh, starting a new podcast can be tough. And if you just know someone that you think would enjoy the podcast, uh, let them know. And if you have any questions or comments about the podcast or topic of conversation you think we should have on one of the future podcasts, you can email me at iwronglyassume at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Thank you. Arnie. Thanks, Arnie. Yeah. DuckTales. Woo! Woo.